Do you love Uncover from CBC Podcasts? What's your favorite season? Which one did you skip? What do you want to hear more of? Help us make Uncover even better by taking our listener survey now. Visit cbc.ca slash uncover survey to make sure your voice is heard. This is a CBC Podcast. All I do know is that nobody was ever charged. Alberta didn't just go missing. She didn't just go missing and she didn't just walk away. She knew the person, she trusted the person. You still feel like people are afraid? Probably, you know, it's been really hard because some of our immediate family members were a person of interest and suspects in uh, being involved with Alberta that night. Were you afraid to go to the police? Yeah, I just had to be quiet. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done here? We really just want to get your side of the story. We're doing this story about Alberta and we really want to hear from you about her last night. Can you tell us anything about it? Was she at your house? I'm Connie Walker and this is Missing and Murdered, Who Killed Alberta Williams? A podcast and CBC News investigation. One thing that I've learned in covering unsolved cases is that time does not heal all wounds. No matter how much time has passed, the families of missing or murdered women still agonize over the loss of their loved one and never give up on finding justice. I'm sure that's true for anyone grappling with such a horrific loss, but for Indigenous families, there's another layer of injustice a society that for a long time has been indifferent. It's really only been in the last few years that these stories have been deemed newsworthy. Now journalists and Canadians are paying attention, and it's been the families of missing and murdered women and girls who have pushed their stories into the spotlight. Every day I picture her walking out that door, calling out to her. Make sure you come back before your curfew. She said, yeah. And those were the last words I said there, and she left from this house. Myra Anderson lost her 15-year-old niece, Leah Anderson, in 2013. I first heard about Leah's story after Myra posted a photo to Facebook. It was a picture of Leah in front of a Christmas tree at their home in God's Lake Narrows, Manitoba. Right next to her face, it read, Hi, my name is Leah. This picture was taken a few weeks before I was murdered. I loved everything about my life. Please help my family find my killer. Myra posted that photo because she was desperate to get some attention. She hoped it would help pressure police to work harder to find Leah's killer. It's like on my mind every day, like who could could have done this? Do I see this person? Is he around here? Do they have a suspect at all? I wonder if this is the day they'll make an arrest. Tootsie Tuckerow also wonders when that day will come. Her daughter Amber Tuckerow's remains were found outside of Edmonton, Alberta, in 2012. Tootsie doesn't know how her daughter ended up there, 
The only insight she has comes from a recording of Amber's last phone call. Yo, where are we going? No, this is a, Are you kidding me? This audio was released by police two years after she disappeared. They were hoping to identify the man Amber is with in the vehicle. You better not be taking me anywhere. I don't want to go. I want to go into the city. She thinks she's going into Edmonton, but it becomes clear that is not where he seems to be taking her. Yo, we're not going in the city, are we? No, we're not. I have nightmares about that. As much as my heart's broken, as much as I want my girl back, it's not about me, it's, it's about Amber. This is about Amber, right? And to get justice for Amber. Myra and Tutsi are not alone in their grief. CBC News has a database of over 250 cases, all unsolved. We've interviewed over 100 family members. Our profiles try to show who these women and girls were and illustrate just how much they are loved and missed and try to bring some attention to their stories. Alberta's story wasn't really reported on when it happened. There were a few pictures in the paper when she disappeared, but no one interviewed her family or her friends at the time. CBC is at a station in Prince Rupert for decades, but there's nothing in their archives about Alberta. The first mention I could find about Alberta in any of our archives is actually from 2010, when her sister Karen took Alberta's photo to a march in Vancouver to raise awareness about the Highway of Tears and missing and murdered Indigenous women. Demonstrators demanded a public inquiry into a horrible reality. Hundreds of cases of missing and murdered... She was the kindest, politest person. She wouldn't hurt a fly. My dad, I remember seeing him break down and crying. He said, why are my daughters looking for my... where their sister in the dumpsters in the bushes? Karen is holding a stack of posters at the march. As she hands them out, you can see a picture of Alberta. And in red letters, it reads, Alberta Gale Williams, Unsolved Murder. Karen is Alberta's youngest sister, the baby in the family. I had reached out to her months ago, but it wasn't until after the first episode of this podcast was released that she wrote back to me, and we spoke on the phone. Karen still hopes that Alberta's murder will be solved. Oh, definitely. I hope for it. I hope we find out eventually. You want to know the truth? Yeah. I want to know what happened to her that night. Alberta's family has always believed that someone out there has information about her murder. Over the years, they've heard rumors, stories whispered about at family gatherings. One rumor in particular bubbled to the surface the day before we were due to head back to Toronto. Alberta's aunt Donna Marsden called us. She said years earlier, at a family gathering, a distant relative named Amanda said she saw something suspicious the weekend that Alberta disappeared. Her mom told her, you need to go to the police and tell them. But she said, I don't want to do that because I don't want nothing to happen to your sister Rosie. She was afraid for my sister. If she spoke out, eh? Amanda is our relative, eh? 
I was encouraging her too to go to the police and I, I told her that they would protect my sister but I don't know if she went. Just a reminder, Donna and Rosie are sisters and Rosie is married to Jack Little. Donna said she didn't have a number for Amanda, but that she would try to track one down for us. My producer Marnie and I went back to our hotel and called Alberta's sister, Claudia. We wanted to know if she had ever heard this rumor before. Did you happen to know anyone named Amanda that also lived in Prince Rupert at the time? Amanda, no Amanda. Did you have any contact with her at the time or did you hear anything from her in the years following? No, except there was a lot of talk that Alberta was seen in Paris. This is coming from Yvonne and Amanda. Said that Alberta came to Paris. She was in a truck with three guys and she was heavily intoxicated. Do they give descriptions or identify the three guys? Said it was Jack. When did they tell you this? Maybe a year, two years later. And I said, well, why didn't you guys go to the base? If this rumor was true, Claudia wondered why Alberta would be in Terrace a town an hour and a half away from Prince Rupert. And why wait nearly two years after Alberta's death to mention this? So they said that the night that she went missing, they saw Alberta with three guys in a truck. Uh-huh. Who was with Jack and Alberta? Who were the other two guys? They recognized Jack right away. And the other two, they didn't know right off the bat. They just knew that there was two other people in there. It's just really odd, you know, that, you know, I just looked at Yvonne and I said, well, if you guys know this, I said, why do you, you guys sit around and wait? Why don't you guys say something? After hearing Claudia's skepticism, Marnie and I weren't sure what to make of this information. We were intrigued, but our trip to BC was wrapping up. If we were going to pursue this rumor, we needed to talk to Amanda or Yvonne right away. Please answer the phone. Right. It's ringing. Wow. The number you have reached is not service. This is a recording. After a lot of calling around, we found a number for Amanda around 9 p.m. Hello. Hi, is this Amanda? Hi. Yeah. Hi, Amanda. Um, are you the same Amanda who lives in Terrace and knows Claudia Williams? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad it's you. Um, I we we I was just talking to Claudia tonight. My name is Connie Walker. I'm a reporter for CBC News. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're looking into cases of missing and murdered Indigenous women, and we're doing a story about Alberta. Oh. We've, we 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 been interviewing people down here in Vancouver and on the island uh, for the last week about Alberta's oh. case. Oh, yes. And a couple people said we should talk to you. Oh, that's a long story. Yeah. Hmm. Long can, story. Can you tell us what you remember about that night? Um, I don't have time right now. Huh. I'm in talk. Pardon me? I don't have time to talk right now because no. I'm taking a shower. <laughs> because why? I'm taking a shower. Oh, okay. 
So we we spoken to some of Alberta's family members about that night. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I I I I'm going to get cold. Could you call me back tomorrow? Can we call you back in in ten minutes? Um. <laughs> I don't know what time I'll be out of the shower. <laughs> we heard that you saw something that night. I, I, I can't talk right now. Can, can I take a shower? <laughs> can you phone me back tomorrow? Yeah, we can call you back. But, I, well, we hope that... Will, will you tell us what you know tomorrow? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll, yeah, I will. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Bye, Amanda. Oh. I thought that was a bit odd. A reporter calls you to talk about an unsolved murder. Something you've said you might know something about, but you can't talk because you're in the shower? Who answers their phone in the shower? I wondered if Amanda just didn't want to talk to us. We tried calling her again the next morning. Hi, we're not home right now. Please leave a message and your phone number and your name. Okay, and we'll get back to you. My name is Connie Walker. We spoke last night. Um, I'm calling from CDC because we're doing a story about Alberta Williams. And Our flight back to Toronto was that afternoon. We only had a limited time to verify the rumor that Amanda may have seen Alberta in Terrace after she disappeared. Donna said Amanda's sister Yvonne was also with her and that she might have information. Hello. Hi, is this Yvonne? Yeah. Hi, Yvonne. My name is Connie Walker. I'm a reporter with CBC News and I'm doing a story about Alberta Williams. Do you remember Alberta? Yeah. Yeah. I was told that I should contact you. You might have some information about that night. About that night? Yeah. Oh, um... We found out that Yvonne and Amanda were Alberta's cousins. But Yvonne grew up on reserve, so she says she didn't know Alberta very well. But she remembers when she went missing and the strange dream she had. I dreamt again that I was walking, 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 and my feet were getting really wet because of that sharp ground I was walking. And I saw this big guy walking in, she had Alberta in his head. And I followed, 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 and that's a dream. But four days after, I think, they said they found her outside across the railway. When you say she left with two guys, was that in your dream? No, no, no. The best person you could be talking to are the sisters of Alberta because they knew who she left with. Oh, yeah. No, we spoke to Claudia. and It wasn't Claudia. Who? It was... Um, Karen? No. Kathy, I think they call her Kathy. She lives in Rupert. Is Kathy related to Alberta? That's her. That's their sisters. Oh. Yes. How come this guy didn't mention it? I don't know. I don't know why they're not telling you guys the story. I think somebody saw that uh, that black truck that she was taken into and the two guys that brought her in. Uh, was one of them Jack? 
Really question them what what went down. Talk to Rosie. Yes, and Kathy. What we heard was that Alberta was was at the bar that night in Prince Rupert at, at a place yes. called Bogies or Popeyes. Yes, and that's why they last seen her, and I don't know why they're not telling telling what's going on because we weren't there, but she came by uh, by Amanda's late that evening. It was raining when there was a knock on the door, and it was uh, late at night. Are you sure it was Alberta? Yeah, that was Alberta. And she was with two guys in a black truck? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And that was yeah. in, in Terrace or in Rupert? In Terrace. In Terrace. Yeah, but they were on the way to Rupert, she said. She came by the door, and she called Amanda... And Amanda was talking to her uh, out in the rain there. And, and the, the guys that she was with, did you see them? No, my sister Amanda, had, she took her out of the truck because she needed the bathroom. And she wanted to borrow money. She wanted to borrow 20 bucks. Did did your sister Amanda tell you who, who it was? No, she will tell you who they are. Was one of them Jack? I... Amanda will fill you guys in about that. I'm going to call Amanda, but I really... Uh, d- just give us some indication who she saw in that truck. Well, she said that uh, Jack was there. And uh, I think she said that that white guy was in the... Uh, Kathy's husband. Kathy's husband was, was the white guy? I, I think so. Do you know if Jack had access to a black truck? I think Kathy's husband did. They're saying he was a cab driver in Paris before. Or... But Amanda will, will fill you in because she knows more. Because she met that cab driver and she knows who who's that guy is. Because they know who he is. Yeah. And... Uh, if you talk to Amanda, you can let her know that we talked and we'll be calling her again, I guess. It... Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Wow. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters, and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. We got off the phone with Yvonne more confused than ever. Alberta was seen with two guys in a black truck, She has a sister named Kathy that we didn't know about. Why would she have been in Terrace? Who was this cab driver? Did police know about this rumor? Had they ever investigated another possible suspect? And if it was true, how would it fit in with their suspicions about Jack? Claudia said Amanda saw Alberta with three guys in a black truck, but Yvonne only saw two. Which was it? 
we really needed to talk to Amanda. We tried calling, but again, there was no answer. We called Claudia back to ask her if she had a sister named Kathy. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Do you have a minute to talk? Yes. Okay, great. Do you have a sister, Kathy? I do. Kathy's in Prince Rupert, and she lived with Jack and him at one time, long time ago. She was the one that was saying, oh, the police are doing their job and all that, you know. She's, she's not much of a person to, you know, try and get answers. So, that's Kathy. Was was she there that night? For some reason, I don't think she was there. I think she was having a lot of problems. She had a boyfriend at the time, Ken. Oh, Ken? Ken Collinson. Collinson? Yeah, and Ken was the one that had a little black truck at the time. And was he white? Yep. He was her boyfriend, but you don't remember them at the bar? No, no, I don't remember them at the bar. But I know that Ken and Kathy were having a lot of problems if they were together at the time. I'm not too sure. But I know that there was a lot of talk about the black truck and that, and that's what came to mind was that little black truck. They had a little black truck. We wondered why Claudia never mentioned Kathy before, or why she never pointed out that Kathy's boyfriend was a white guy with a black truck. Remember that there was always a mysterious white guy in a pickup truck that Jack told police he saw Alberta with that night, but police never believed his story. So, Ken could have been at the bar that night, you're just, you're not sure if he was there or not. He should have been at the bar that night. Prince Rupert is a very small town. Everybody knows what everybody's doing. And you think that he was a friend of Jack's? He was a friend of Jack's. How do you know? Because I've seen them, you know, in Prince Rupert. You know, there's not not a lot of people to make friends with in Prince Rupert. Only your circle of friends, which were there during the summer. Jack and Ken's friendship, I know that they were friends, but... I didn't see Ken at that table. So when everybody was talking about a black truck, and I thought, well, the only black truck that I can think of was that. But at the same time, I thought, you know, he was just pointing fingers, a black truck and a white guy. Claudia has always wanted to find out the truth about Alberta's murder. She's heard a lot of speculation over the years, but she wasn't always sure what to believe. People reach out and they say, you know, I'm so sorry about your sister and all of that. And I said, yeah, well, you know what? The pain is there. It's never going to go away. It makes me angry that people don't talk. She meant something to me. She was somebody. And Devon and Amanda were saying something about, oh, yeah, she was in a black truck when she showed up in Terrace. And I said, well, you need to go to the police with that. Then I seen them again. I said, so what happened? Did you talk to the police? And they go... No, and said, we're scared. I know that they were talking about a black truck and there were some guys in there with Alberta. And where Alberta's body was found, it's between Terrace and Prince Rupert, right? Yes. Do you think Kathy will talk to us? Of course she will. Kathy will talk, but again, Kathy, the approach Kathy is kind of weird because, you know, she's like, well, the police are doing their best. So that's her way of dealing with it, I guess. She'd rather not be, you know, thinking about it every day, maybe. 
All right, thanks very much, Claudia. We're gonna try to get in touch with her right away. Thank you very much, Claudia. Thanks, Claudia. Okay, okay. if I remember anything else, I'll definitely text you and call me. Sounds okay. good. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. We tried calling Kathy immediately, but we weren't able to reach her. Now we had a tough decision to make. We were supposed to fly back to Toronto in a few hours. But now we had more questions than answers. We had enough to do a short news story. We could head back and keep trying to reach people from Toronto. But we'd come all this way and it felt like we were starting to get some momentum. People were starting to talk. We didn't want to give up now. We do have to, flight-wise, yes. if we're getting that flight, we actually have to leave at 2. Yeah, we better call Heather. I think we have to go to Prince Rupert and Terrace and talk to Amanda and Kathy. We called our senior producer, Heather Evans, in Toronto and decided to change our plans. Instead of going back to Toronto, we would fly north to Prince Rupert to track down Amanda and try to find out if there was really something behind this story of Alberta and two or three men in a black truck. On our way to the airport, we checked in with Gary to see if he'd ever heard of this rumor or talked to Alberta's sister, Kathy, or her boyfriend, Ken. Hello. Oh, hey, Gary, it's Marnie and Connie calling. Hey, how you doing? Good, you? Good, good, thanks. Are you still on Vancouver? Or are you... We are. We're yeah. We just wanted to ask you: Did you ever, throughout the course of your investigation, come across Kathy Williams, Alberta's sister? Yeah, actually, I think because I know there was, but I know she had more sisters than uh, just Claudia. So she had a, a, a sister, Kathy, who um, that she might have been there that night as well. Well, what I can do is, like, I'll definitely go back through my notes again. I can see whether I've got that name in there or not. The other name that came up today is that Kathy was dating, on and off, a guy by the name of Ken Collinson. Ken Collinson? Okay. Well, I'll just I'll write that name down. So Kathy and Ken Collinson. And Ken was a, was a taxi driver in Paris, I think, or in Prince Rupert? From Paris, but drove taxis in, in Prince Rupert, apparently. Okay. And then, I mean, the other thing is that he may have driven a pickup truck to Paris that night, and Alberto may have been there. Yeah, like I say, that certainly doesn't ring any bells at all. But like I say, I'll certainly uh, check out those names for you, though. Okay. So you are heading back tonight, then? Well, we're actually going to head to Prince Rupert. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. Good for you guys. Well, like I say, I'll certainly go through those names. In fact, I'm sure I'll be able to do that for you if not this evening, first thing in the morning. But as soon as I go through my notebook, I will uh, give you a call to see if either of those names are in there. Yeah, okay, please. That was great. Thank you. Well, that's awesome. Let me know how you make out. Enjoy Prince Rupert. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful place if the sun is shining, and hopefully it is up there. Okay. okay. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. The plane that flies from Vancouver to Prince Rupert is a Dash 8. Not a tiny plane, but not that big either. I don't like flying in general, and I definitely don't like flying in smaller planes. I was a bit apprehensive about heading up to Prince Rupert, and it's hard to explain why. 
I grew up on a reserve in southern Saskatchewan, and I've really only traveled to a few northern communities for work. I went to God's Lake Narrows, a small fly-in community in northern Manitoba, to do Leah Anderson's story, and then to Fort Chippewan, Alberta, to talk to Amber Tuckerow's family. Both of those trips were really difficult. Diving deep into a community to talk about an unsolved murder would be stressful anywhere. But there's something about northern communities, surrounded by wilderness, that adds to the tension. When you fly to Prince Rupert, you actually land on an island where there's a tiny airport. After you collect your luggage, you get on a school bus. It travels on a gravel road for about 10 minutes. Then the bus drives onto a ferry and heads to the mainland. We got off the bus during the short ferry ride. The sun had come back out just in time for the sunset, and it was gorgeous. An orange light reflected off the water to the west, and we saw misty mountains covered in trees to the east. When the ferry docked, the bus headed toward downtown. I looked out the window as we drove past houses and apartment buildings. Many of them were run down. It was clear this was no longer a boom town. The bus dropped us off at a small terminal. Our camera guy, Harold, went to get the rental van, and Marnie and I waited for our luggage. While we were waiting, Marnie decided to head outside to check things out. She noticed a taxi stand just outside the terminal and a cab parked right in front. She went up to the driver and started making small talk. I just walked up to him and I just said, hey, we're, we don't know Prince Rupert, we just got here. Do you know where Bogies or Popeyes is? And he pointed up the street. He said, yeah, right by that red building. But it's He mentioned that he'd been driving a cab in Prince Rupert for over 30 years. And I said, oh, do you remember a taxi driver named Ken who would have worked here like around 30 years ago? He said, yeah, I know Ken. Ken still works as a taxi driver here. And he's in taxi number nine, and he works the 11 to 11 shift. He's working right now. I couldn't believe it. I mean, we had no idea if he was even still in town. And to find out, not only is he there, he's driving a taxi still. We know the taxi number and his shift. So, yeah, I was shocked. Our first instinct was to try to talk to Ken right away and ask him about the rumor. Did he have a black truck in 1989? Could he be the white guy that Jack said Alberta was with the night she disappeared? Did Ken know anything about Alberta's disappearance? But we quickly realized we couldn't do that. We'd only heard rumors. Before we approached Ken, we needed to confirm what Amanda saw that night. And we needed to talk to Alberta's sister, Kathy. We checked into our hotel and tried calling Kathy and Amanda again. There was no answer on Kathy's phone, but a man answered when we called Amanda's house. He said Amanda couldn't come to the phone. She wasn't feeling well, but we could try her again in the morning. It was getting late, but now that we were in Prince Rupert, we wanted to see the places we'd been hearing about for so long. We headed to 140 Crestview Avenue, Jack Little's old house. We pulled up to a small bungalow with a carport attached on one side. It was a Friday night. 
but the street was very dark and quiet. It looked like someone was home. The lights were on and the blinds were open a little bit, but we didn't see anyone. We did some filming outside of the house and then decided to head to the highway. Harold wanted to film some driving shots at night, so I drove. There's really only one road in and out of Prince Rupert, Highway 16, also known as the Highway of Tears. As I pulled onto the road, it was pitch black, but there was just enough light to sense the darkness of the mountains all around us. We headed east. I drove slowly, partly so Harold could get a better shot, but also because I didn't know the road and its twists and turns. Driving along, it was impossible not to think of some of the women who have disappeared along this highway. Some of them were hitchhikers, and traveling along this highway might have been their only option. The darkness and the isolation made it a tense drive. I couldn't imagine what it would feel like to have to walk this highway at night. We drove for about half an hour. I knew that somewhere along that road was the turnoff where Alberta's body was found. Gary told us what to look for, but in the darkness, it would have been impossible for us to find. Eventually, I found a turnoff, and we headed back into town. It was a relief to see the city lights. We still hadn't been able to reach Alberta's sister, Kathy. We made a plan. Instead of calling Amanda in the morning, we would head straight to her house, just outside of Terrace. We said goodnight to one another, tired from our journey. We didn't know what was in store for us the next day. On the next Missing and Murdered, Who Killed Alberta Williams? So that was the mysterious pickup truck then, was it? I think it was described as an older Ford 4x4 or something. Then there was a vague description of the guy that was supposed to be driving this truck, eh? But now, obviously, somebody has narrowed that all down. He doesn't want to do an interview, he said. I'm down with that. These two guys that were standing in the back of the truck in the dark, I don't know why they did that. It was the second time they asked you for your DNA? Why didn't you want to give it to them? For more episodes, visit our website at cbc.ca slash whokilledalbertawilliams. Missing and Murdered Who Killed Alberta Williams is written and hosted by me, Connie Walker. The producer is Marnie Luke, and the associate producer is Lori Ward. Technical production by Ashley Walters and Harold Dupuy. RF Narani is a consulting producer, and Heather Evans is senior producer of the CBC News Investigative Unit. For more CBC Original Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash originalpodcasts.